So what we're doing is we're moving away from just dealing with inbound leads and outbounding, trying to get in touch with people. And we're moving towards an era of network-led growth. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast, where my identical twin brother and I share our thoughts and provide solutions for executives and professionals who want to become masters of speaking and communicating so that they can maximize their influence and impact. Yes, we are identical twins who happen to also be public speakers, executive coaches, and sales leaders. Our company, DSP Leadership Group, focuses on equipping leaders who want to speak with confidence and authority, all while using their authentic voice. Here on the Twins Talk It Up podcast, we present topics about communication and leadership from our perspective as individuals and as twins. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Today, I'm really excited about our special guest. Dave and I are really excited because not only is Scott local here in Austin, Texas with us, but he is known globally. And if you follow Scott at any moment in time, you'll see pictures of him on LinkedIn. You'll see him on Facebook. Scott Lee is a six-time founder, a six-time startup sales leader, an author of the book Addicted to the Process, which I have right here. It's still not signed, Scott, just to let you know. <laughs> but he's also an author of Rep to Manager and his most recent book, More Than a Number. He's a three-time American Association of Inside Sales Professional, a top 25 award winner. And if you're thinking about what can I do to grow from zero to 25 million ARR, Scott's the person you need to reach out to. Scott just returned from an exciting event. And why I say it's exciting is you're probably tired of going to the same boring conferences year in, year out, always having to put on your suit or your nice little outfit, bring business cards. But he just returned from this thing called Surf and Sales, which he's been running since 2018. And if you don't know anything about it, go to his website, surfandsales.com, and you'll find out a lot about it. You're not only going to learn to really go out there and learn how to surf, but you're going to get some great in-depth coaching, peer groups with all sales leaders from all over the world at this event. And, of course, it's at a great event, great location. I think the last couple of times uh, from speaking to Scott you had in Costa Rica, if that's the case. But. Not only is he a highly sought-out consultant, I have recommended Scott personally to the people that Dave and I have personally coached so that they can use Scott and his knowledge and resources to rev up their own company. So, Scott, you're not only a true friend to the sales community, but you're just a real-life, down-to-earth person. And I think you have an amazing story that we can't wait for you to share with our community. Welcome to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Man, thanks so much for that wonderful introduction. I'm, I'm uh I'm a little speechless at the moment. I got to hire you as my hype man. Uh, he, he and I will do it. We love that. But I'll tell you the truth. What I've learned about you over the last couple of years, especially from the introduction from Danny, is that this sense of hype, this sense of, oh, we get excited, it's there. It's genuine. It's authentic. People love being around you. They get this sense of expectation that comes from you. But for those who are listening to the program, there might be a minute few who don't know who Scott Lease is. Tell them who is Scott Lease and why do you love working with driven sales professionals? Not just sales professionals, but driven sales professionals. Yeah, you, you know, some of this goes all the way back to just who I was as a as a youngster and um, you know being a competitive athlete, playing college sports, and, and that type of thing. But you know, if you know my story. Um, 
right when I turned 23 years old, I, I got super sick and, and fell severely ill and, and was in the hospital for four years. And I had a bunch of surgeries I had to recover from and was addicted to opioid medicine in the, in the process and had to kick off of that. And so, you know, by the time I really sort of started my career and started to experience some success, I'd been through the ringer and back again, you know, and, and I, I had no real tolerance at the, at the time. I think I have more empathy now, but at the time I had no tolerance for people who were just kind of mailing it in, you know, and kind of happy to be there. Right. Because I had fought like hell for years just to have the opportunity to pick up the phone and have somebody hang up on me. So I'm trying to sell somebody something. Right. So I had, and still have like a, a, a huge appreciation for every opportunity that were provided uh, I feel like, you know, I understand the perspective of it can all go away at any point in time. And so I'm trying to make the most out of my time. And, uh, you know, I want to be surrounded by people who get that, you know, you don't have to have been that person your whole life, but I want to be around people who are at that place right now in their life where they're willing to do things now that maybe they were previously unwilling to do. Right. And, and they kind of have this, no matter what it takes, mindset and attitude. And, and those type of people, I think, are infectious to be around. And that's how I built my teams. I thought, you know, the more personalities like that, that I can have around me, we're just going to, you know, lift each other up and, and drive us. And so, you know, even to this day, I, I don't have a huge tolerance for people who don't care that much, or they're just kind of taking it easy. And they want to have like a comfortable kind of life, you know, okay, good for them, but that's not the type of people that I want to be around. And so I try to project and present that part of myself, uh, you know, in the things that I, in things that I do. This is Danny. And what I want the audience to understand and just listen to what Scott has to say, and you can hear it in his voice, you got to really believe and have passion and you have to believe in yourself. This is not a, an opportunity to get with Scott and just, you know, go and grab a beer and not do anything. He wants you to do something. He wants to make a change. And that's why I really appreciate his Serpent Sales events that he talks about all the time. I appreciate his just like no holds back candor on LinkedIn and Facebook because he's trying to tell you, you got to really appreciate the present, the present. It's just like this moment, uh, being on the deathbed, uh, having so many surgeries, going through so much physical physical pain. Scott has really learned to appreciate what he has right here, right now. Uh, he has no problems talking about his family. He has no problems just talking about the people he's with. And I want you, if you're in the audience listening and you're thinking about, hey, I, I got to make 100,000 sales calls. I got to go do this. I got to do that. Look, that is important. But what are you focusing on right now? Focus on you. Focus on your family. Focus on things around you. That might not be here tomorrow. So you got to really focus on that. And one of the things I love about the books that Scott has created, it doesn't take long to read his book. But every single one of his books has a methodology. This Addicted to the Process book, I would say if you're a sales rep, this is the book you need to read. And this is, needs to become your Bible. Not only does it talks about the process, the path to success, the transactional sales process, what is the process, the mindset behind it, all of that stuff that you need. He just keeps it real. Look, I don't need a 500-page book to get you to buy it. He's giving you a book that you can consume on the spot that day and just get to work. Go make it happen. And I appreciate that, Scott. So thank you for that. Uh, this leads me to this next question that I'm going to have to ask. And you and I have seen this. We've been around the, the landscape a lot. Technology has really gotten to a point where it's evolved and people have to quickly adapt. But not all leaders have what I said cotton up to the uh, to what's happening nowadays. They're still back on 20 years ago when it comes to sales leadership. How have you seen sales leadership 
either adapt or not adapt with this new technology that's coming on board. And when I mean by that, I'm talking about Gong, I'm talking about sales intel, I'm talking about all these tools that actually make the life of a sales rep easier. But how have you seen management adapt or change through this process? That's a, that's a great question. There, there are plenty of leaders out there and plenty of organizations that still have not modernized whatsoever. And, and, and some of that happens because I think the leader is stuck in their old school way of thinking. It's like, this is how they used to do it. And that's all they know. And they really don't want to learn something new, right? They don't want to learn something else, this new way. It's too much work for them. They, they kind of have an air about them of, well, I already went through the you know meat grinder, so to speak. And I, I know how to do this. I don't want to go through that again. We're just going to do this this other way. I don't want to look silly and whatnot. That's the wrong mentality to have because, you know, time's not slowing down for any of us, right? It's only going to get faster and tools are going to get better and more complex, potentially solve more problems. And, and if you don't modernize or stay kind of current and utilize this stuff, you're going to become irrelevant real quick. Right. And, and that shows up in the way that employees choose where they want to go to work. We, we'll use a college football analysis for a, for a second. OK, <clears throat> let's say you're a you're a young recruit and you're trying to pick between going to Texas Longhorns who have, you know, I don't know the right numbers, but it's like billion dollars worth of facilities and uh, staff and equipment and programs and locker room, everything you can imagine to help you succeed. Right. Or you can go to like, you know, San Angelo State <laughs> in the middle of nowhere in, in on the way towards West Texas, right? Nothing against San Angelo, but if I'm a recruit and I'm looking at the facilities, the coaching staff, the access to, you know, top-notch, like next level kind of opportunity, they don't have it. Now, assuming I, I have the opportunity to work at or go play football at both places, Right. Which one am I going to pick? I'm going to pick the one who provides me better opportunity to improve and take my skills to the next level. Sales orgs is no different. Uh, let's say I'm, I'm a, a sales rep. I'm real good at what I do. I got two companies recruiting me. One is David.com. The other one's Danny.com. OK, Danny's got all the all the new tools. He's got Gong. He's got sales intel. He's got, you know good CRM system and everything. And David is stuck in 1995. He doesn't even have headsets for his reps, let alone leads, let alone any conversational intelligence tool or anything else, no AI involved. Where am I going to go work? Which place is, is going to team me up for success more? But Danny's place, right? So it's a huge, a huge disadvantage and mistake for leaders to not adopt, right? And the ones that are adopting, you know, good on them. They're trying to provide for their people, give them every opportunity to succeed. But they have to be careful as well because you can get tool fatigue. You know, when you have too many different options and too many different platforms and tools, what happens is people really end up using almost nothing. They use kind of the bare bones ones. You, I've, I've been around these sales orgs before that have 30 tools and their sellers are using about four or five. And I wouldn't say they're using four or five, like at hundred percent capacity, you know? So you got to be careful not to 
not to just buy just because it's, it's brand new. You don't need the latest gadget just because it's the latest gadget, right? And depending on who you sell to and, you know, what your product is and all that, certain tools maybe are more important, right? If you have a, a total addressable market of, I don't know, 500 accounts, let's say all we do is we sell to the Fortune 500. Why do I need a power dialer that makes 300 calls a day? I don't need that. That doesn't help me at all. You see what I'm saying? So you, you have to think through these things to understand which of these tools is necessary for me. I don't just buy just because. We'll be right back after this short break. I am delighted to announce that App Meetup's customers can now benefit from the presentation and speaking training courses with our integration and partnership with DSB Leadership Group. DSB Leadership Group is committed to providing training and resources to support professionals becoming more effective communicators and increase their impact and value. And that is the reason why App Meetup and DSB Leadership Group have formed a partnership to make sure that our MSPs, which is you, can be effective and powerful speakers in the community. Whether you are hosting a major conference, a specialized training, or a year-end corporate event, finding the right keynote speaker or breakout speaker should be at the top of your priority list. Partner with Elite Speaker Services to book speakers according to your specifications and needs. Elite Speaker Services has the depth of speakers and the experience to bring you peace of mind and a successful event. Go to EliteSpeakerServices.com for all your event needs. Let us deliver the message your audience needs to hear. Let us deliver beyond your expectations. Are you someone who dreads public speaking? Does the mere thought of getting up in front of a crowd make you break out in a cold sweat? Well, fear no further because there's a solution that can help you overcome your fear and master the art of public speaking. Introducing our book, Talk It Up, a guide to successful public speaking. This comprehensive guide is perfect for anyone of any age in any profession if they want to improve the public speaking skills. Whether it's for a work presentation, a conference, a job interview, giving a toast at a wedding, or even a TED Talk. With Talk It Up, you'll learn how to craft and deliver a powerful speech that engages your audience and leaves a lasting impression. You'll discover techniques for controlling your nerves, protecting your idea, projecting your voice, using your body language, all to keep your audience engaged. Plus, you get tips on everything from creating an outline to using visual aids to managing a Q&A session. Imagine being able to speak confidently and being able to captivate your audience. With Talk It Up, you can become a skilled public speaker in no time. And the best part, it's available on Amazon. So you can start reading today and take your first steps to become a confident public speaker. Don't let your fear of public speaking hold you back any longer. Order your copy of Talk It Up today and start speaking with confidence. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners. 20% off products or services on our website. Just send us an email with the subject line podcast and we will send you that special discount code at dsbleadershipgroup.com. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. Scott, this is David. And 
for our listening audience out there, we talk about adopting technology. Not sure why he said I was the company that didn't have the technology and Dan's company was adopting it. But no the reason. point is there. The point is there. You've got to adopt with the current technology in order to elevate your role as a professional. You're a professional. You're a sales leader. You're a sales professional. you got to do that. So based on what Scott said, he is wearing a University of Texas and Austin hat right now. He's talking about the college football playoffs. He's wearing a hat. I've got to hit the transfer portal. I've got to shut down my company and go work for my twin. That's what I've got to do. So we're talking about AI. We're talking about social shelling. We're talking about networking. Scott, which tools? Because you mentioned earlier that we can become overwhelmed with the tools that are out there. Would it depend on the size of the company? Would it depend on the industry? Are there like some simple tools or practical strategy that we might take? We should yeah. approach this idea of adopting well, the right tools? There's a couple things that I think everybody needs. You know, everybody really needs some type of CRM to keep track of who we talk to and what stage everything is. That's kind of a still a, <clears throat> a must have, right? Which one you use, I don't care. You know, it depends on your preferences, what you're familiar with, I guess. But you, got, you probably got to have a CRM, okay? You've got to have a lead source of some kind. I think it's a huge mistake asking your reps to self-source in this day and age. Which platform, again, I've heard good things about every platform. I've heard bad things about every platform. Not really here to tell people which one to, to go purchase, but you got to have some source of truth, right? So we've got leads. We've got a place to put them and track the progress. Those two things we have to have, okay? We've got to have some type of calling technology because even though cold calling doesn't work as good as it used to, it still works. It's still an effective you know, mechanism and channel for us to, to use. So we can't ignore it. And you probably don't want your reps making calls, you know, via their cell phone all day long. So we've got to have some type of calling technology, right? We've got to have some type of way to send people over contracts and get signatures. I mean, I suppose you could use Word document, PDF converter and whatnot, but you know, that might look a little ghetto in this day and age. So you've got to have some type of tool to, to actually close deals. You still arguably maybe, but you still need some type of engagement platform to send people emails and, you know, track open rates and, and click through rates and positive responses and, you know, make sure that you're not just hitting people once and, and, you know, going back two, three, four times, whatever. Right. <clears throat> Beyond that, I don't know. We start to maybe get into nice to have territory. Would I like to have conversational intelligence tools? Yeah, I would. But if I only have one sales rep, do I need to buy that tool? No, I don't think so. Right. I can, I can find another way. Shit. I can sit next to David and Danny and listen to their calls and give them feedback. Right. But if I have 25 sales reps, I can't do that. It becomes unmanageable. So that's what I'm saying. Like there's some sort of like, things that everybody probably needs to have from the jump. And then depending on how you grow and who you're selling to and the total addressable market, the complexity of things, now you start to be a little more selective about what do I need and what do I not need, right? This is David Scott. And I love how you said that there are some essential tools that every organization should have. And then there are those nice to have tools. 
and you get fancy, you get to the point, you're like, look, the process still works. We can still work the system. Everything's working smoothly. But this additive tool might be beneficial, but don't get so enamored with the additive tool that you lose track of keeping up with your CRM, keeping up with finding the right leads, keeping up with the technology. Say, hey, am I am I staying consistent with the people I need to be in front of? The, those things are super important. Scott, before I go on to asking you something next, or Dan might jump in uh, before I get to that point, I want to ask you, what, what about the, the importance of social networking? Talk about the importance of now you've got this system in place, this process in place, you're out there as a sales leader, you're using your CRM effectively, you're going out there, you're working through, let's say, a Panda doc, a DocuSign, you're doing all these things effectively, but times have changed a little bit where we're actually yeah. getting more involved in what we call social networking and social selling. Can you talk about the importance of that? Well, I actually think that if you are not building your network in the very, very near term, you're going to be incapable of opening accounts and closing deals. We've moved way past like, you know, this is something that you should be doing and just kind of giving people gentle advice. There's 10 years of data that shows cold call pickup rates are on the decline. And there's 10 years of data that shows response rates and open rates to cold email is on the decline. So you think about those two things and you think, where are we headed in the future? The only time that I answer the phone or respond to emails is when I recognize the name of the person reaching out to me. Otherwise, you're not, you're not getting, you're not getting talked to, right? And I'm 46 years old. Imagine in five years when the high school kids of today are early founders. They just all graduated. They're 22 years old, right? 23 years old. You're going to call you going to cold call one of these kids? My son's 16th birthday is today. He does not speak on the telephone to his friends. He doesn't even text his friends. He sure is not emailing his friends. The only way he messages is inside of apps. So you mean to tell me that you're going to cold call my son in five to 10 years if, if he's a business executive? It's not going to happen. The behavior has changed. We've moved from a notification being an exciting event to it being a full-blown distraction. It's so much of a distraction that right now my phone is upside down on my desk next to me and the ringer is off. And that's how it stays most of the day, right? So what we're doing is we're moving away from just dealing with inbound leads and outbounding, trying to get in touch with people. And we're moving towards an era of network-led growth and nearbounding. And, and what that means is I know David, I don't know Danny. I'm going to reach out to David and I'm going to say, hey, man, you know this guy, Danny? I'd love to talk to him. Looks like he might have this challenge. My company does X, Y, Z. Do you know him well enough to broker an intro? And David and I, let's just say, you know, have been friends for years and he's been friends with Danny for years. And David's going to be like, oh, all right. Well, this is two people I know and trust. Let me reach out to Danny and see if Danny's open to take a meeting with Scott. So he does that. Danny's sitting over here going, well, I know David real well. He's not going to waste my time or, you know, have me talk to some deadbeat, right? So, and I actually do kind of have this problem. Oh, sure, I'll take the meeting. So David brokers the meeting between Danny and Scott. And if that deal actually closes, what we're seeing happen is th those deals are closing at a faster rate with a higher conversion percentage and a higher average contract value. And all three parties had a pleasant experience. Because I didn't interrupt Danny and disrupt his day. 
I didn't try to pitch him or solicit him, right? All he did was get a message from a friend of his. So Danny's happy because his problem got solved. I'm happy because I solved Danny's problem and I closed the deal. And David's happy because for brokering this intro, he's getting paid. So this referral mechanism, this affiliate growth, this type of, like I, I've been calling it network-led growth and near-bounding, that type of play is becoming more and more prominent. You're seeing people talk about partnerships for the last year and an increasing volume on, on platforms like LinkedIn and, and whatnot. So you fundamentally cannot execute this play if you don't have a network. And networks are now online. Networks are not offline. Network used to be your church group, the PTA, you know, sports league that your kids are in or something like that, right? Your soccer team, if you're playing beer league soccer, right? These types of things. Everything's online now. So neglect, if you've neglected building a network online, you are behind the eight ball. And you need to start sprinting with that in mind as you head towards 2024, because I just simply don't see it going back uh, to the way that it once was. And you will 100% be left behind. And now back to my analysis of like two sports universities, which one are you going to go to? Now let's flip the script a little bit. Imagine I got two candidates, okay? I got two candidates that I think are 100% equal in terms of their salesmanship, their background, their experience, their culture fit, everything, right? But David over here, he's got a 50,000 person network on LinkedIn, right? That's pretty big. And Danny over here, he's got 500 because, you know, he's a good old boy and he doesn't think that, you know, spending time on LinkedIn is, is, is worth his, his investment, right? Which one am I going to hire? I sure as hell am not hiring the person with 500. I'm not hiring Danny. He just simply doesn't have the capacity right now to execute the same way that David does with 50,000. David knows way more people. He can make more introductions. He can get into conversations easier. And if you don't think that hiring managers are doing that exact analysis, you are an ostrich with your head in the sand because they are 100% doing that right now. No, I love it. And I really like the breakdown and I like that analogy. And it's so very important to really talk about, as you talked about the networking today, it is so important. I know a lot of the things that I do uh, growing my business was because of a network. Hey, Danny, you should look at this. You should use that tool or you should look at this tool. And that's what I adopted. Why? There's so much information on the internet. There's so much information out there that I can be overloaded with information. I'd rather go to someone who's going to help save me my time. My time is valuable. And so if someone recommended something, a platform, anything, I'm going to jump on it. Why? Because I trust this person, or at least I know this person, and it's going to save me a couple of hours. So I know what I'm worth per hour. And if I can save a couple of hours, I'm definitely going to jump on it. So I appreciate you talking about that. Uh, when we think about the next evolution, and Scott, and I think we need to get to this portion right here, because you're breaking down great a great thing to think about and what to even hire and how to hire. But you do a lot of work right now independently on your own because uh, you, you really did a great job helping a lot of startup companies take off. And I want to make sure our audience understands if you're a business leader and you're at a point in your life where you feel like, hey, look, I'm stagnant. Every single year I'm stagnant. I don't know what it's going to take to get to the next level. Scott, you started your own consulting firm in order to help organizations just like this. Can you tell us a little bit more about owners who are stuck and how you are able to approach them and then get them to a point where they say, you know what, 
let's try it. Let's just try it because my mindset has not worked year in, year out. So tell us a little bit about the, the characteristics of some of the owners that you've worked with and how you've helped them to get to that aha moment. And now they're actually starting to see this success turn. Yeah, there, there's a few different archetypes. There's um, there's the person who's kind of done a good job on their own and then has sort of stalled out. Pick a revenue number, but they're sort of, you know, they got to five million and they're sort of just stuck, right? <clears throat> a lot of times they come to me and, you know, they're like, what do I need to do to take it to the next level? And my answer surprises them sometimes because I say, well, I have to go back in time and I have to look at everything you're doing right now. And I need to run an audit on what we do right now to figure out what is there that is wrong. What is there that could be improved? What have you tried that's not worked? What have you not tried and why? I need to get a full sense of like what's going on and then I can make recommendations, right? So it's, it's very, you have to tailor this type of feedback specifically to each different business. And, and if, if Danny and David have two different businesses, the odds are they're not going to be completely the same and have the same types of challenges. So there's those people who have built stuff, but it just isn't taken off. So I got to go back to the beginning. Then there's an the archetype of somebody who has really built nothing. They have a product, but they have no process to sell it whatsoever. And, and they don't even really know how to put three sentences together to come up with a messaging to pitch it. So those types of founders, I'm really in the weeds, like helping them craft the messaging and figuring out their entire go-to-market strategy and go-to-network strategy for the very first time, right? And those people tend to be people who have not documented anything that's worked before, at all. They just kind of wing it and they, they try to focus on the product and all its features and let that stuff, you know, sell for them. So I have to go through like a, a philosophical exercise with them where I have to explain to them, nobody cares about every single thing your product can do. So we need to stop talking about every single thing it can do and hone in on the two or three things, maybe four, that are really, really powerful that hook people in, right? And get them into our kind of ecosystem of, of conversation and, and value and all this kind of stuff. And, and we have to, to have that kind of exercise. And I have to tell them, we have to document everything. You know, this is one of the major mistakes that people make is they don't document what's working and what's not. They just sort of go out there and wing it, right? So you're either auditing things that have been in place and trying to find ways to improve it, or you're putting things in place for the very first time. Those are the two most common archetypes that I, uh, that I come across in, in, my, in my work. And I help people kind of get unstuck from that type of thing, right? I've, you know, six times as a VP of sales, I did this exact thing. I, I honestly don't know how many companies I've advised over the years. It's got to be in the hundreds by now. Um, you know, so I, I have figured out how to do this one thing really well, right? So I'm, I have this process that I put in place and I'm helping people, you know, define who they should go after and why, what these people are like in terms of their buyer personas and how we sell this sucker, what we demo and why we demo it, what to track, how do we operationalize things. I help people, you know, find talent, connect them to the right leaders and individual contributors all this kind of thing. And uh, yeah, I mean, 
how do I convince them? I don't really know how I convince them to be honest with you. It's not that hard. I feel like when you just say to somebody, how's that working out for you so far? Okay. I see your point. <laughs> so I just kind of tell people what I do. Right. Yeah. And, and most people that I talk to agree and understand that that's what they need to do. It becomes a matter of priority and their bandwidth. And then whether they think I'm the right person for them and, you know, I'm not the right person for everybody. I, I'm, I'm certainly not a yes, man. I'm going to tell you, you know, if you're doing things wrong, I'm going to tell you, that you, you know, you need to pivot, you need to change. I'm going to lobby for employees, you know, sometimes more than employers, right. And, and have a employee centric kind of culture that I'm trying to instill in everybody. And that's not for everybody. And that's okay. Um, but I'm very good at what I do working with the right types of people for me. Scott, this is David. And it's true. We're, we're not going to be the right fit for everyone. But what I love about what you shared is that your mindset has been, I want to meet them where they are. Not everybody's going to be in the same place on their own growth journey. And I've got to be able to make sure that number one, they know where they are. And then number two, they have the right mentality and a willingness to go on this path with you. Because if they don't, they're not going to be the ones documenting and learning from it. If they don't, they're not going to be the ones willing to listen to the employees who are right there in the organization, sleeves rolled up and doing the work. Uh, and speaking of all that you're doing to help these organizations and to find these leaders at the various stages of where they are, I wanted to kind of touch on, you know, we talk about go-to-market strategy. We talk about the idea of saying, what is the process you're going to use to repeat this system, this sense of success that's going to work. Can you talk about this blueprint for building, executing a sales process that can actually lead to wins? Because I think that's important for people to understand. Scott, I'm with you. I know where I am now. I get a picture of that. But now that we've got this in place, how do I build that repeatable, successful system? Well, you document it, first of all. And after documenting it, you onboard people with it and then you enforce it and, and you're looking for people who can adhere to this process. You're not, you're not necessarily trying to hire, you know, 15 lone wolves who are going to go out there and try to, you know, figure it out on their own. It's not, that's not what you're doing. You're hiring people who have talent and ability and who can take something that has been proven to work for others, for the founder or for the first hire to, and who can say, oh, this is what I have to do. I'm just gonna do that over and over again and trust that the results um, you know, will show up. So you're documenting it, you're training it, you're measuring it, you're coaching to it, you're enforcing it, and it becomes a fabric of, of the organization and you're sort of building with scale in mind very early, right? And a lot of people don't want to do that work up front. You know, people become very, very fixated on I'm trying to think of how they phrase it. They're like, we just need to close deals. You know, I don't care, I don't care how we do it. We just got to get revenue, revenue in. Well, you can do that up to a point and then there's no way to replicate it because you don't have this system. You don't really know like, well, why did that person say no? Or which things did I show in a demo that really resonated and worked? And you're pitching, you know, on cold calls, five different ways on five calls in a row. And you don't know which one works. 
you have to find a way to this very repeatable and predictable kind of sales math where you're like, okay, you know, if I call a hundred people, I should end up with this many meetings and the X number of meetings converts into this number of, of deals. And you have to be able to get to that place. And from there you can more or less, you know, forecast and predict what your output should be. But if you don't do this dirty work early on in documenting things and, you know, being very, very precise, uh, it takes people way too long to get there. And, you know, if you're a new hire at an organization and, and you show up to training and they're like, yeah, like, here's some information, you know, hit the phones whenever you're ready. Like you're in big trouble. You're in big trouble, man, because you've been hired into failure at that point in time. You have not been hired into a successful arena. You've been hired into a, you know, jump in and sink or swim kind of situation. And that's very, very difficult for most people to, to survive that type of, that type of environment. So yeah, building for scale early on, doing the dirty work, putting that foundation in place. Sometimes, you know, before you think you need it, that has been my motto, you know, from, from day one. And it doesn't take as long as people think that it, that it should. You, you can do this in two to four weeks, right? Just being focused two to four weeks. Who's my ideal customer profile? What are the buyer personas? How do we pitch this thing? What's our messaging, right? From elevator pitch to, you know, a cold call to how we demo it, to how we set next steps, to how we try to close, how we handle objections and rebuttals, right? What do we send over emails? These are just fundamental blocking and tackling things. I challenge everybody listening. How many of you have that in place at your current organization? I know it's not 100%, right? And if you want to build with scale in mind, you do all that stuff early. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is Danny. And I want to encourage everybody today, as you listen to this, don't just listen. I like this thing called acting. You know what? You need to act. And if you're if you're a business owner out there, and I remember I had Dave and I had lunch uh, with a fellow business owner here in Austin who has done a great job growing his organization, and he's capped. And I said, you need to you need to talk to Scott Lee. <laughs> he said, I'm already talking to him. I said, no, 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 you don't understand. Talking will get you nowhere if yeah. you don't act. So I challenged him by uh, December, middle of December, to act. So I'm going to follow up with him next week, Scott. But he has all the information in his head. And when I ask him, how does this process work? What do you do here? It's documented in his brain. It's not documented online. The process is in his brain. It's not online. And when you're an organization that a billion-dollar company out of Seattle, Washington, Redmond, Washington, is saying, we want to help get you to $50 million, this isn't the time to not act. And so I hope that he takes this process to heart and realize that I have the information, I'm doing well, but if I really want to grow and scale my, co my company, I need to act. And that means taking my thoughts that I have in my head, documenting it, looking at the process, being addicted to the process. I want to encourage you guys, even if you're not a business owner, read this book, right? The principles are still the same. You have to be addicted to the process because once it works, it's going to work and going to give you this um, this this dopamine effect you're just going to get and you're going to love. I mean, I, I'm into these ice baths now. My wife and I are both addicted to it. and We take ice baths every morning. 
no questions asked, right? We're now part of this 5 a.m. club. But it took a while. We're addicted to cold showers and cold baths now. I don't know why. We're just addicted to it. And that leads me to this next question, surf and sales. And if you're tired, and we talked about this in the beginning, if you're tired of the same boring conferences, and I'm not saying conferences are, are bad for you. It's educational. It's informative. It's knowledgeable. You're going to meet some of the, the, your best friends you're ever going to have in the business world sometimes at these conferences and events. But if you're tired of the same boring stuff, I'm going to encourage you to visit surfandsales.com. And this leads me to this question with Scott. Scott, what made you start Surf and Sales uh, back in 2018? And, and why? Why did you just say, I got to have something fun? when I'm going to learn about myself and about how I can grow as a business professional. Yeah. I just felt like, uh, we had, we had taken conferences to a place where you were actually struggling to extract what you really wanted from them, you know, and if you're more on the introverted side, going to a conference with a hundred thousand people, running around to a million booths and different parties and, you know, having 30 second conversations with people, not only is it uncomfortable, but it's just really not for you and you don't extract the full value out. So I started thinking like, how come people just don't have real small conferences, just like a micro conference and immersion, whatever you want to call it, you know, where you spend a week with like 15, 20 people, and break down everything that they're going through in their career and their job and even their life sometimes. And you go home with, you know, 20 brand new friends and colleagues that you really know. When was the last time you went to a Saster conference and came home with 20 people that are like in your corner that you could text at any moment and they'll jump to try to help you or give you advice? That doesn't happen at these big, huge conferences. These big, huge conferences, it's like, yeah, man, we should do something. Hit me up one time. You don't hit it. You don't hit no one of those people up. Or you come back with like a, you know, a stack of scanned badges that you think you're going to close deals with. Come on. That, that, that playbook doesn't really work anymore. But then I started also thinking like, why are they always in the same cities that we've all been to a million times? You know, how many times do I want to go to San Francisco or Seattle or Omaha, Nebraska? and sit in the Hilton Garden Inn conference room in this boring place. I was in, I was in Costa Rica on a, on a surf trip, and I thought, well, how come nobody has a conference, a small conference in a place like this, right? It's uh, out of your comfort zone. You never know if you're going to have hot water or not. You never know if you're going to have uh, power or Wi-Fi or not, right? And I don't want to sit and listen to content for 10 hours a day. I, I can't focus that long, if I'm being honest, right? So what if we split it up and had like three or four hours of content and then three or four hours of like surfing or, you know, people do yoga, stretch on the beach, they go for walks, the houses we rent have swimming pools, like relaxation, exercise out in nature, in a foreign country, out of your comfort zone. And I, I just thought this is a much better experience for people who are looking to learn, network, grow and actually be able to take action on something right and it's you know the idea has been a hit right and everybody comes we have almost 200 people who've gone to these things now and uh you know most people who come back are like that was the best conference i've ever been at okay and and that's the that's the idea behind it 
you know, get people out of their comfort zone a little bit, network like hell, teach people a few things, combine a little bit of rest and relaxation and exercise and vacation kind of activities and marry the two together rather than throw somebody through a blitzkrieg of 72 hour of chaos in Boston, Massachusetts, right? No. We'll be right back after this short break. Are you projecting the right image to your market? Are you optimizing your name recognition and presence online? Elite Public Image is a leader in strategic communications and marketing solutions, ranging from public relations, brand communications, and content marketing strategy to social media and reputation management for businesses, professionals, and VIPs of all types. Whether you're looking to develop a particular brand or need a brand refresh, look no further than Elite Public Image. Visit ElitePublicImage.com and let Elite put their experience to work for you. Are you tired of struggling to keep your team motivated and engaged? Do you wish there was an easier way to develop your employee skills and build a high-performing team? Well, look no further than Mercury Learning Library and Coaching. If you're a tech company that values happy, high-performing teams and leaders, Mercury is the solution you've been looking for. You'll have access to online training, bi-weekly group coaching to power up your employees, their skills, their leadership skills, their sales, and public speaking. And for CEOs and business owners, we have an offer exclusive just for you. It is a training track to help you lead your company to success. Here's the thing. Your employees want to grow and develop. They want to be motivated and engaged at work, but it's not always easy to know where to start. That's where Mercury comes in. We provide specific development tracks for managers, employees, and HR leaders to help them achieve their goals and reach their full potential. Hey everybody, I'm Christina and I'm a brand and image strategist where we consult you on how you're coming across, how your total brand, um, social media, the way you speak, the way you look, the way uh, your website looks, and it's all important in encompassing especially effective communication. So I have a book that I'd like to recommend. This book called, called Talk It Up by David and Danny Sue Brown does exactly that. It goes step by step and it tells you exactly what you need to know. It is very easy to follow. It will boost your confidence. It will help you communicate effectively to your audience. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. As a special thank you, we have an amazing offer for our listeners for a free consultation over the next two weeks. Visit our website and schedule your free 30-minute consultation. And now, let's get back to the episode. Welcome back to Twins Talk It Up podcast. This is David Scott. What's interesting about this is that even Dan and I were joking earlier, Dan is an avid scuba diver. He's been out there different places in the world scuba diving. But I said, Dan, have you been on a surfboard? And so the idea of saying, let's get out of our comfort zone. Let's figure out how to think outside the box. Let's have fun. Let's get in there and get into what we want to achieve out of our own lives professionally, out of the organizations that we're responsible for and the people that we're leading. This is incredible. I love that because we're building something that's going to change how we look at sales and sales leadership. I love that. So you get people out of their comfort zone, Scott, but I also want to say you get your voice out there in other ways. It's not just through your training and your coaching. It's not just through, hey, guys, let's put on some shorts. Let's get out there in the water. 
you're doing this even through your books. You're doing this through your speaking. You're doing this through your podcast. You have a podcast out there that you run with your good friend, Richard Harris. Talk about the Surface Sales podcast. What are you learning about yourself through the process? Not that you're just getting techniques and strategies out to listeners and people that really are thinking, I need this for myself. I need this for my own growth. But what do you learn about yourself through the process of getting your voice out there on that platform? Well, I think from running your your own show, you, you recognize when you bring some smart people on, you always walk away, you know, jotting down a note or two saying, oh, I need to do that, right? Or I forgot, I used to do that and I've forgotten I need to start doing it again. So, you know, it's an opportunity to talk with talented people and, and learn a little bit. Um, so that's number one. You learn a lot about patience and consistency and focusing on the long game. Nobody on planet Earth launched a podcast and, you know, started making money off of it straight away or having, you know, a million listeners right away. So it, it is a very long brick by brick kind of uh, kind of process to get the listenership and, you know, hopefully figure out ways to monetize it at one point in time. So you really test your metal in, in terms of, you know, again, patience, resiliency, vision to play the long game with things. Um, I've learned a lot about how to create sort of supplemental offerings that somebody can explore via the podcast. So if somebody's listening to the podcast at any point in time, they might be thinking, well, Oh, Scott has this event. Scott has these books. Scott has these coaching and training things. He's got these consulting things that he does. He's got the Surf and Sales Summit, you know, itself. He has these communities that he runs. So it's a way to sort of draw people in. People use this phrase lead magnet, right? So it is a potential lead magnet. magnet. And as long as you have other offerings out there, even if I'm not monetizing a podcast, it, it brings in lead flow through other offerings that I do have. If somebody listens to the podcast and becomes a consulting client of mine, that's a massive ROI, even if I got zero from the podcast itself, right? So that's something that I learned, you know, to start thinking about is whatever I do, make sure what I'm doing is applicable to all these other things that I do and there, that there's lots of crossover there, Right. So those, those are three big things that I think I've learned. This is Danny. And I want to encourage everybody that, as Scott was talking about, you can learn from this. You can have exciting exciting times from this, even if it's a zero ROI. But if someone finds out it's a referral, it, it, it comes back to this near-bound social networking aspect. Scott's out there on LinkedIn. He's providing content. He's out there surfing sales. He's out there with his podcast, surfing sales podcast. But look, it just keeps it simple. You guys want to find out more about Scott, there's a couple ways you can do it. You can go on LinkedIn right now. And when you go to LinkedIn, go to LinkedIn.com, I-N dot uh, Scott Lease, L-E-E-S-E. -E -E. And then that's how you can connect with him on LinkedIn to find out more about his podcast that he does with Richard. And Richard is a, a, another amazing leader in the community. When I talk about the sales community, he's another great leader in the community as well. Those guys work well together, uh, like peanut butter and jelly. They, they, they're they're amazing. And I will tell you, if you want to do anything in the community and you want to grow, listen to these two individuals. Go to surfandsales.com today. And if you go to surfandsales.com, get an opportunity to say, look, 
I really want to make a radical change. I really want to grow, but I want to have fun at the same time. And I want to be with other people that are real, not talking about coming from conference. As Scott said, people are just giving out business cards. No one gets anything done. I'm talking about going, grabbing a surfboard, sitting down next to somebody, getting to know who this person is from a real perspective. And if they fall off the surfboard and we all laugh, guess what? We're all laughing together. We're building together. That's how you build memories. It's not about being perfect. But at the same time, it's about breaking up that eight-hour window in a conference room in a chair with 300, 400, 1,000 people you don't even know. So go on to surfsales.com right now. Reserve a spot for next year. Don't wait. Get it done now. And then the second thing you do, go to and listen to the podcast. Now, you can find it on Spotify, Apple. It's called Servant Sales. It's very simple, very easy to find. And the third thing is connect with Scott on LinkedIn. And if those three things don't work, connect with David and myself, and we will actually show you how to, to work with Scott. And if you're a business leader and you're, you feel like you're stuck, remember, Scott's a person that will actually meet you where you're at. He'll help you understand where things are. He'll help you document what's important. He'll help you understand what tools are needed so that you're not overloaded with tools. But at the same time, he'll help get you to the next level and tell you the truth, because that's really what we need in order to get our business level, our business to the next level. Scott, Dave and I are so excited that you were able to join us today on our Twins Talking Up podcast. We're also excited to have you here locally with us in Austin. Look forward to grabbing a beer with you. But at the same time, we're also thankful that you're able to share your experience and knowledge with our community. And at the end of the day, guys, get the three books. Get all three of them today. If you're a sales rep, take control of your career. Do not wait. If the David comes to you and David's giving you the opportunity to work for him, go for it. Even if it's over me. All right. David's a great person. So I'm going to say I like my brother. He's awesome. He's great. But Scott, once again, Thank you for being on the podcast. Go UT Longhorns. Uh, make sure that you guys kick butt during the playoffs. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Thank you, guys. Thank you for listening to the Twins Talk It Up podcast. Please subscribe and follow us on Instagram at DSB Leadership and visit us online at dsbleadershipgroup.com to learn more about our workshops and trainings. We will see you on the next episode of the Twins Talk It Up podcast.